0: Welcome to episode 69 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me tonight are Ian the Shocker Sharpley. Hello. And Matt the Convertible Casal. Good evening. It is August 18th, a fine Monday night. And with us tonight is a special guest, all the way from somewhere in the boonies of New York. It's Ithaca, somewhere here, that- Utica or Syracuse. Utica? What's it called? Utica's close Utica, Utica, New York. Not as close to our guys in in Waterford. Watertown. Watertown. Town. As I thought. Townford, man. But with <laughs> us tonight is my good friend, making the long trip, Wayne Wilson. Say hello to the guests.
1: Thank you guys very much for having me. Appreciate it.
2: Are we podcasting or are we answering our
1: phone, Paul?
0: Turn that shit
1: on silent, please.
0: <laughs> in the pocket. In the pocket. For tonight's episode, we're going to talk about... Marvel movies, with uh, Guardians coming out, I think that may have shaken up some people's lists of what's their favorite, what there isn't, what there isn't. What there, is what there is, what there is, what isn't, <laughs> what, what, there isn't? <laughs> what there isn't would be their least favorite. So so I've
3: had three shots of tequila
0: so far. So, so tonight we're going to talk about our two favorite Marvel movies, that includes Fox and Sony, and our least favorite. Which is...
2: Right in our wheelhouse of what we like to do here, complain about
0: stuff. (laughs) That's right. And you know what? Yeah, we complain about stuff because complaining is interesting and it's funny. And if we all agreed, and oh, I love that, that was awesome, no one would want to listen because it's fucking boring. I agree. And with that, housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Are you
2: saying that I'm fucking boring? I, that's what I, I took from that. I'm ready for you to hate housekeeping. Oh, I love housekeeping. You know,
0: ten, the theme of tonight's episode is winding hatred into everything about the podcast.
2: Yeah, well, if you hate this podcast, and go to mixsauce.com and complain about our strips and our reviews. Go to iTunes and write us a scathing review about how much we're a bunch of whiny crybabies that can't appreciate anything.
0: Even if it's a contrived hatred. That's true.
2: You can go to the Facebook page and you can talk to us one-on-one and tell us about how much our hatred has driven you away from the podcast and you no longer listen to it because all we do is complain, complain, complain. And if you really dislike us, Then go to the Monrovo Convention Center (laughs) and see us (laughs) September 26th, 27th, and 28th. You can see us in person and tell us how much you dislike our hatred. We'll be appearing at the Pittsburgh Comic-Con. You can talk to Matt. You can talk to myself. You can talk to Paul. You can talk to the most positive member, Dominic Yost. Because I hate you. We're actually really nice in person, so if you haven't met us in person, and I know you all have, you're listening to this, you've all met us and been to our houses, but still, come out, support us, or hate us, whatever you want to do, it's up to you, but P- the Pittsburgh Comic Con and Robo Convention Center,
0: September 26th through 28th. So Wayne, as a special guest tonight, why don't you give us a little comic
1: nerd background from yourself? Well, I'm not as nerdy as I wish I was. You're nerdy <laughs> um, in other ways, don't worry. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't have as much uh, free time as I'd like to uh, catch up on the comics. I actually rely heavily on the movies to uh, tell me what's going on. Actually, I think the answer is you rely heavily on the
3: McSauce comic book podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and if that's not enough, then I rely on the movies.
1: Exactly. There you um, go. Actually, you know, that's more You know more what you need to I, you know, when I walk out of the movies, I go in, I pay $32 to see a movie. And if I'm walking out saying to myself, self, I don't really call that being the story. One of the first things I got to do is, uh, you know, get in touch with my McSauce podcast buddies and, and ask for a better explanation of why they did what they did, why they went in a different direction than what I remember, um, as a kid when, you know, comics were everybody's thing all the time. Uh, so, you know, I kind of look to the movies to, you know, fill in the blanks and, uh, McSauce gives us a different aspect on that. Sometimes, sometimes we love way different hatefully.
0: We do. We
2: only hate
0: because we love so intensely. It can be misconstrued. Because we're not afraid to be honest and say, you know what? I love you, Ian, but I wish you would pick that afro out. <laughs> well
2: that's that's nice love hate. So I'll take it into consideration.
0: If, now, we we didn't, if we didn't love the way we do, or if we didn't hate the way we do, we this would... This podcast brought to you by tequila. What,
2: what kind of tequila did we 1,800. 1,800 mm-hmm. in the half of the
0: uh, <laughs> bottle that Paul had before we started. It's a genuine favorite of mine. <laughs> we can I tell. I had to crack it open. We can tell. I had to taste it. It may have been poisoned. I don't want anyone else. To succumb to the tequila fever.
1: That's why I had three before anybody else got here.
0: <laughs> I caramba.
2: Now, Wayne, whenever you were reading comic books back in the 90s, I'm assuming, were you a Marvel guy, were you a DC guy, image guy? What were your, some of your favorites that you went to back then?
1: Well, I didn't have uh, particular favorites in terms of, uh, you know, who was putting them out. I liked the characters. I liked Spider-Man. I liked the Hulk, the uh, TV show. In the '70s, of the Hulk was you know a favorite of mine. Watching that you know come through in the '80s as it was winding down, um, you know, Lou Ferrigno and the whole nine. Uh, so I, I identified with him and, and Spider-Man. You know, that was just great. I think I would have to say those two were probably my favorites growing up.
2: So we like to draw lines here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast where we're DC, Marvel, Image strict. If we could only get Dom to really like Dark Horse or Boom or something like that, <laughs> then I think we'd have it all
0: covered. I think there's I think there's a way to get Dom to like Dark Horse or Boom or Dynamite.
2: Yeah, I, I feel like Dom would be a, a Dynamite fan. He would like that. It has his kind of flavor with it. Yeah.
0: Green Hornet
2: and just a bunch of stuff that we don't like. Yeah,
0: but you no, know, I, I can also see See Don really pulling some weird stuff and being like, you know what, I like Arkea. Oh, that is what he would like. <laughs> so why do Avatar we... Press? Oh, oh, you know what, that's actually really good. I think that's better than Dynamite or Arkea. Why don't we get into the Marvel movies that we like, and we're counting everything based on a Marvel property? Matt, why don't you lead us off? Do you want to pass because you didn't have time to think about this?
3: No, I'll go first. The the
2: behind-the-scenes thing that I love about Matt is when you ask him a question to go first, and he's not really ready, he backs up like he got shot with a... (laughs) (laughs) tranquilizer.
3: So this is what... Movie that I really like, my, one of the one two, of your two that I two. love. Yeah, one of my two. Let's do, let's do Marvel love and hate.
2: Like and it's not like oh it, was,
3: oh, it was okay. It was okay. We're
2: not doing that. We're doing. Oh, I fucking love this movie, and here's why:
3: Spider Man,
2: the original, the original
3: by Sam Raimi. I think it's the best Spider Man ever made. I think that uh, it just. I felt like it told that origin story that, to me, is probably the most well-known superhero origin that there is. I feel like we all kind of know it. it's simple enough and it's accessible enough that it's been reprinted so many times. I don't know if I ever read, like, The Origin of Batman or anything. Or even Superman. I don't think I've ever even read that in a reprint. But I know I've read... Amazing Fantasy 15, a bunch of times, and while it wasn't that note for note, it was close. And yeah, the Macho just,
2: Man wasn't in the old 60s. No, but, on but, on.
3: but they got the other half of Mega Powers, because uh, in the comic it was Crusher Hogan, but in the movie it was Macho Man. Um, so. I think that it did a lot of things right that were pulled right out of the uh, the original story. It captured the tone brilliantly. Um, I think Sam Raimi's directing style fits the character of Spider-Man more perfectly than any other match I can think of in, in superhero movies, um, with maybe the closest being, like, Tim Burton on Batman. Brian Singer, X-Men Universe? Um, while I think those are excellent, I don't think that they have... A necessary, necessarily like stylistic <clears throat> stamp on it—the way Sam Raimi brings to Spider-Man or maybe Tim Burton brings to Batman. You
0: know, this is that—that's something that I was thinking about yesterday and today because we were watching probably the first half hour, forty minutes of Man of Steel. And you know, coming from Guardians of the Galaxy recently and seeing a handful Marvel movies, all of those, all the Marvel movies have such a template for themselves now. Like they all. Feel the same. They all have the same tone. They're all... They're all... Almost all filmed the same way. And then we sat down, and we're watching Man of Steel, and, like, Zack Snyder's just doing different things with the camera. He's coming in at different angles. There's different lighting shots. There is absolutely no color in the movie. And it just... It looked so much different than seeing all the recent stuff that Marvel's put out. And that's no criticism. It's... You know... It's just the point that it was just so different from the Marvel tone right now. Yeah,
2: Marvel's tact is to be, we are the studio that brings the comic book to life. That's what people want to see. It's successful. It makes millions of dollars, and people are happy with it. It appeals to children and adults, or how I said it before, adults, I think I went with. (laughs) Um, And that's that's what they want to do. I think Sam Raimi and his Spider-Man movies also captured a lot of that bright, colorful, vibrant tone to to a character that is like that. Yeah,
0: but it was it was a different it was a different tone. And I know, being a DC guy, anything I say on this subject is going to be construed as being negative. But because you're a hater, and that's what you do, right? But the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies felt different. Whether it was. The way he filmed in the movies... But, like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy felt just like Iron Man. Felt just like Thor. Felt just like the Avengers. Everything, like, that whole world, like, they... Purposely, purposely build a world yeah, they did to look all, similar and all fit together. together. Right. And it's not the criticism, but even the Sam Raimi stuff, it felt different. It felt unique to itself. Which is
3: kind of nice. I agree. And that's partly why I like it. I think... Ian, you mentioned that the, um, the Marvel Studios movies are kind of um, like bringing the comic book to life, bringing the pages right to the screen, and yeah, but I think those Sam Raimi Spider-Mans do it even better.
2: There are a lot of great moments, uh, you know, J.J. Jameson. That is the embodiment of who that character is in those movies. That's that why they won't
3: bring him into the into the new series. Because he's too good. He's yeah, just too, too good. Too perfect. Yeah. And anything will, will come up short. Um, you know, it's like, are they ever going to try to make the Joker again? Or are they going to wait a while because of...
0: I don't think it's going to be as long as we think.
3: I hope not, because while I think Heath Ledger brought an incredible... <coughs> portrayal of the character, I think there's so many other ways you can go with that character that would be just as interesting, and God willing, Adrian Brody will be playing him. Well,
0: there's a couple different versions of the Joker in, in history, and each each generation's Joker has really stood out, from the 66 guy whose name I can't think of, um, Cesar Romero, from Cesar Romero to Jack Nicholson to Mark Hamill, Heath Ledger... Everyone had such a unique stamp. Like, I don't think any of those portrayals was even close to what the previous one was before it. And the Joker such a big character. He's such a huge character. JJ is a secondary guy, probably a, a third tier character in, in the Spider-Man universe. So I don't think there's as much of a push to you know what we need to have Jam- Jameson in this movie. Perhaps. I think it's still
2: surprising that two movies into a franchise, we don't get that iconic character represented at all. I think it's surprising.
0: Daily Bugle's barely represented. It's only a name. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think it's strange. I think the world that they're creating in the current Spider-Man movies are very bizarre because the the center of that universe is Oscorp, and and everything else that we know about Spider-Man has either been very minimalized or just completely omitted. And while I liked The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and I think it was a step in the right direction from The Amazing Spider-Man 1, I mean, these movies just do not compare to the first two Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. And that's why I pick the first Spider-Man as not only my favorite Marvel movie, but it's probably my favorite comic book movie. I think it's just exactly what a comic book movie should be. Peter Parker is so spot-on. I think that Spider-Man, Maguire's Spider-Man's a little lacking because I think that he was perfect in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. But his Peter Parker, the heart of it was so there. Whereas the the too-cool-for-school Peter Parker in the the latest movies just kind of makes you feel a little less for the character. You know, he's a little too self-reliant and self-sufficient, for you, I agree. feel sorry
1: for him. I think that the Tobey Maguire character uh, fit more the bill because he was so far the other way before he became Spider-Man. Exactly. He was the epitome of, of a nerd. Yeah. And that That's why when he became Spider-Man, it was such a swing of the pendulum because now he's a superhero. Right. And I think that Tobey Maguire really fit that bill.
2: Right. Yeah, the, the Sam Raimi movies are... Really taking the smor- source material and, and having a classic feel about it, whereas the new Amazing Spider-Man um, Mark Web products are kind of like updated for you know today. It's, all it's the yeah, it's the bit. ultimate version, and I, I agree that you know. Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker is super cool, and who doesn't want to be that Peter Parker? And That's kind of not how Peter Parker is, not at all. It's the inverse of it. It doesn't bother me because he plays such a great Spider-Man, and I can almost forgive that choice because he's so dead on as the Spider-Man ripped right out of the pages. Agreed. But I totally appreciated the first two Spider-Man, Sam Raimi movies, the classic feel that it all has. It's a story that's worked for years and years. I think, as if you said before, Matt, um, and there's really no need to change it. However, I, I have to take issue with Spider-Man 1. The Green Goblin character, as the villain, the way that it was portrayed, wasn't what I wanted. They've never really gotten the Green Goblin right in the maze in Spider-Man 2 or in this movie, either. Um, I... I didn't like the way they did it in Spider-Man One, and they've done. There have been so many good well, versions of villains that I can't put Spider-Man One in there because it has such a striking flaw as this villain being as bad as I feel it is. Uh-huh. Well,
0: Willem Dafoe got him right. He just had a terrible costume. I didn't.
2: I wasn't saying that like he was a great Harry Osborne. He would have been a great. Green Goblin. If they made another choice with the costume, yeah, the costume, so, but the costume was strikingly
0: bad. Right. It was, but the char- the character. You know, if you put a different costume on it, that's Green Goblin. The costume was so bad that it hampered the performance of somebody
2: that they the choice that they made, oh, which was, was right. Yeah, I mean, it was a right. That's guy. the
0: biggest black mark on that movie is what that costume looked like. It was it was awful.
2: We couldn't. I mean, it was a big metal hel- Power Ranger helmet where. You get this guy with a really distinctive look, and uh, he's ugly. He looks like a goblin. Paint that fucker green, and we got a movie. <laughs> but they they went away from it, and it really detracted from the film enough for me not to put it in my top ten.
0: I was, the the only the problem I had with the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans was that I wanted I want I was never into the Stanley. Spider-Man like I've gone back and I've read them and I'm, just, I'm always bored by them uh, the only like old school story that I liked was Spider-Man Blue from Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale where they tell a story in that universe but they tell it with such heart and emotion that it, it transcends that early Stan Lee stuff because the early Stan Lee stuff is just so it's so basic to me yeah but, I mean
2: maybe that's something that we're missing in translation, you know forty years after the fact. maybe back then it was complex. maybe back then you could really feel all of those emotions well, yeah, when Stacy's neck had snapped you really all, felt that's how
0: all comics are you know at some point, you know people couldn't get enough of captain Marvel I mean that was the comic book, and now it's like. Eh. So yeah, like whenever this stuff, you know, premieres and it's it's riding its peak. Yeah, it's that's great.
3: I think that the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie isn't just the Stan Lee version of it. I felt like, especially with the origin, it was kind of similar to the Ultimate Spider-Man origin, the way that they did that with kind of the class field trip and everything. And I think that it it captured a lot of. In the earlier issues of Ultimate Spider-Man, what that series did right too, so it's a little bit of an amalgam there. Uh, Ian, I think that um, for you to say the only thing that yanks Spider-Man out of like your top ten is is a costume choice uh, for the villain. Well, I so mean, it's, it it's also drastic. the way the
2: villain was presented. To, I mean, like yeah, but because the costume the hid the actor, it was a
0: it was it made it a bad. It, it took away from the film. It did. Matt, stop being, stop being so passive.
2: Attack him. Get him. Yeah. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say the later Marvel movies have thin villains and they're equally as bad. I get that. Maybe I have more emotion in Spider-Man. Maybe the fact that they got a villain right in Spider-Man 2 and it makes the first Spider-Man pale in comparison is where I'm drawing that.
3: Um, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I think the villain in Spider-Man 2 is better than the villain in Spider-Man 1, but I'm just saying for a self-contained movie um, that tells the origin, because all these superhero movies now like to tell the origin, it seems, in the in the first movie, and a lot of the times it kind of slows everything down, and it, it kind of feels almost like a setup for the next one that's going to be the big thing. But Spider-Man 1 told that origin, and like didn't miss a beat, and didn't slow down, and still told a great hero-villain story, and I, I just feel like it does everything that it needs to do perfectly, uh, aside from have a cool costume for the villain. Which, I will at least say this, he was green, and he was a great contrast visually to the Spider-Man costume. And, you know, when you do see those two fighting at Times Square, um, in you know, with the balloons and everything, I thought that was a cool look, even though maybe the costume was kind of dumb. Now, I do know when they made that movie that, I don't know if it is, if I read it, like, in um, Wizard Magazine, or if it was something like, um, this is really
2: bad, this is before, Beyond
3: kind of dumb. Actually, I disagree. I don't think it's nearly as bad as you think it is. Um, but what was kind of cool was that they gave an explanation why Osborn has the the mask that he has. Apparently, he was very um, obsessed with like different cultures' masks and stuff. To like on a psychological level, and there's an actual meaning. That's never translated in the movie. I don't know if it's in the novelization or just shit that I read Isn't from is there Saint a Rain. scene where there's
2: masks in his yes. study or something? Yes, there
3: is, but I don't think they explain why that stuff is there. But um, there, there was, like, rational... Well, I don't know how rational it was, but there was thought that went behind it. See,
0: like, aside from, aside from the costume, another problem I had with the Green Goblin in that movie is I wanted... I wanted more of the supernatural origin for him. In the comics he takes the he takes the serum and he not only loses his mind, but he gets powers. Like it makes him superhuman. So and like that's more of what I wanted to see. But this one he's like, Well, yeah, I'm crazy, but I'm gonna use like this glider and this exoskeleton and that's what's really giving me my powers. Technology he versus- had, he had
3: powers. He got Remember, as soon as he he comes out of the the gas chamber, um, he grabs that scientist and throws him across the room and kills him like like he was a, an insect. You don't remember like that? Like he one? was a
2: spider. Like he was Ooh. a spider, squashed he him like a spider. He should have stepped on his head with his boot, like spider. Like I
3: thought, the sequence where the goblin shows up and he and he's harassing J. Jonah Jameson and then Spider-Man comes in upside down on his web outside the, the Daily Bugle and Goblin puts him to sleep with his with his gas. was fucking
2: stupid sleep and then, and get the fuck out of here and then he taunts
3: him on top of the roof I love that it's so Retarded. comic book I love it it was dumb you're dumb I, there, there you go, go. <laughs> but not as dumb <laughs> as that scene and and- alright sharply what's your favorite movie smart guy well, I didn't know that we
2: were going one, two, three, because that takes away from any kind of momentum that we would build up. What do you mean? But I'll go- I, I, You went one, your favorite movie, and oh. then, because, I, I mean, well, give, I just Give us two. I'll, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you two. Two is Spider-Man 2. I agree with a lot of the stuff you're saying. I just don't like the first movie. Because, a lot of
3: those... Because also, he didn't like the costume. A lot of the... Well, no, the villain was dumb and was distractingly stupid. I mean, if we're going to talk about bad costumes that destroy movies, then how can you possibly watch The Amazing Spider-Man 1? Did you see spider Was It was, it was shitty. Costume? It
2: was shitty, especially when you take a look at the second movie's whenever they get a lot of the sins of the first movie, right? Which is the same theme, I think, yeah, that was running through both the Spider-Man franchises. The Amazing the Spider-Man. things that were wrong in the first Spider-Man Sam
0: Raimi, they got right in the second one. The, the costume from Amazing Spider-Man 1 isn't as obscene during the movie. And all the still shots where you can really look at it, it's awful. With all like, the weird blue tips of the fingers and everything. But in the movie, like everything's moving so fast. You don't... I mean, you know it's not... It's bright. not dead on. It's and not... He's wearing sneakers, pretty much. Well, Spider-Man's shoes have, have have always bothered me. Sometimes he has boots. Sometimes he has straight tights.
2: That's that goes all over with all how different are, versions. How, of his, Spider-Man. how are his but, spider
0: powers getting through soles of shoes? That that's a question. Like the the felt gloves, the cloth gloves. Okay, I get it. But shoes. Given, and he's nearly um, invent, he's nearly indestructible. Just put them in and fucking stockings.
2: Yeah. But getting back to... I like a lot of the stuff in Spider-Man. I just wouldn't put it in my top ten or my top three or anything like that because they did
3: a better job with Spider-Man 2 using all the same themes, most of the same cast. Granted, I think you can certainly make the argument that Spider-Man 2 is better. In fact, most people would agree with that.
2: You're a rebel, though.
3: I am a rebel. But to say that it's... Not top ten worthy is stupid. There
2: are a lot of good movies that you would be ignoring by not putting it in the top ten.
3: They've made. A I lot didn't say that, but to not put Spider Man in the top ten is ludicrous. It's not ludicrous. It's retarded. <gasps> it's not retarded. I don't know. I think. What other synonyms do you want me to use?
2: You keep going. Keep going. Oh. Huh? Or, well,
0: what other Marvel movies would be, you know, 2 through, not, 2 through 10?
2: You can put, well, are we going to It's insane. It, it's kooky. It's,
3: it's kooky. mad. It's nuts. That's it's silly. It's it, wacky. It, it's, it's ape, dude.
2: It's ape. It's ape, dude. <laughs> we need to start using it's ape, dude. Listen,
3: listen. It's barmy. It's mm. dippy. It's mental. I like barmy. It's, it's screwy. And unbalanced.
2: You are barmy. Any dip shit can read thesaurus.com, as Matt is proving. And it's fruity. Ooh. Ooh. That's <laughs> And there's crossed <laughs> now. <laughs> no, I mean, to ignore all the quality, it, would we agree that we're in the golden age of comic book movies, and there have been a whole host of different movies that you can pick and say are in the top ten. I can name them, but since we're doing a podcast where we're going to go through and everybody's going to name movies... It would be stealing somebody's thunder to do that. So what we'll do now is move on to Wayne. Wayne, tell us about some of your favorite Marvel movies.
1: Real, real quick before I get into my first one, I just uh, my my curiosity is is getting the best of me. I've known the three of you for varying amounts of time. I just met Matt. I've Known Paul for geez, longer than I've had my son. Uh, Ian, you're right they up might there. Be my son. We won't go there in the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's not podcast worthy material. Um, so, just real quick, I was just wondering, uh, with what little you guys know about you know me, what would you quickly think my my favorite would be?
2: Yeah, it sounds like you're a you're a Marvel guy. I would think I'd say Spider Man 2, The pinnacle of Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably where you're gonna go. Yeah, I shouldn't have posed that question to I start. Mean,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Guardians.
1: I
0: would say Iron Man, the movie that really defined what we're watching these days. Did you just look at my laptop?
1: He, nope, he totally did. He must have. It's, it's right Well, he there. was
2: looking deep into your eyes, and, and then reflect. he could read <laughs> Iron Man.
1: <laughs> it, it was Iron Man. Um, Iron Man was uh, a character that I didn't know a whole lot about before the movie came out. I mean, I had heard of it, uh, but it wasn't anything I had read uh, in the past. Um, so when it came out, I was really excited and I was very curious as to how the story was going to go. Um, I think they did a pretty good job right from the get go, um, explaining who the characters were. Um, you know, Tony Stark, you know, I think they nailed it with him and right into it. He got, you know, hurt. And then the whole thing with the arc reactor and the electromagnetic to keep the shrapnel from racing through his body, that whole thing, you know, really, I thought that was really well done it would ever work in real life but in comic book land of course it was in (laughs) comic comic book land that would work oh Um, science you know the whole idea of building a suit you know and the only metal that would work is iron and it's powered by the arc reactor I mean that was you know just really fantastic Um, well
0: don't don't they say something in the movie or am I thinking am I thinking one of the books where he says you know something about it not being it not being iron but like aluminum man isn't as cool of a name
1: yeah, I because know. they tried a different metal, didn't did he- it freeze when he went up high when the sh- the suit short circuited and he had you know, he was building them with Jarvis and the sh- the suit didn't work properly and he said this isn't going to work we're going to have to do a different a different remember. alloy or something like Maybe. that I don't remember All right. that seems like a snappy Marvel well that was joke kind of what I Marvel took from because nyok without you know the arc reactor you wouldn't be able to move in a suit made of iron in the whole line the thing. original
0: yeah. Zinger Slingers. <laughs>
1: Um, I, I really like the character of Jarvis. Anybody who's a technology geek, you know, obviously wants to have a computer system set up like Jarvis, Jarvis in their house. Um, I, I really thought the casting was fantastic. Robert Downey Jr. I think I don't think anybody else could have portrayed the part of Tony Stark and Iron Man. You know, the witty, kind of obnoxious, over arrogant, but still gets the job home. You know, I best think that's best
3: part in that movie is probably the very very end when he thinks about it for a second, and they said, yeah, actually, I am Iron Man. And that just sums up exactly who Tony Stark is. Yeah, he's is. C-
1: cocky and arrogant. He couldn't, arrogant couldn't
3: and- keep it to himself. It was just too yep. cool. Like, not cool. even for one second. Yep. And he, but
0: but you know, isn't that who movie Tony Stark is? That's who Tony Stark and until, is. And until that movie happened... That wasn't really the comic book Tony Stark. No, that's who Tony Stark was. But didn't Robert Downey Jr. take that in a little more extreme direction? Because I think that's who Tony Stark, Stark always was. He
2: just did it awesome. He did it exactly the way that it should be done. And maybe maybe with more added charisma, but that's exactly who Tony Stark always was. He was never a humble, you know, ah shucks kind of guy. He was... You know, arrogant, and he knew he was the best, and he could back it up. And that's yeah. even the way that Mark Miller wrote him in the Ultimates was just like that, or molar or however we're saying. it. he was kind of, in of
3: sickening, though. In, in the uh, you think everyone sickening in the
0: Ultimates. <laughs> They are. Was, was he was sickening? The Tony wasn't. Like I really like Iron Man was probably the most redeemable character. I think in, you guys have turned me Ultimates. on the Captain America was a douchebag in the Ultimates. Well, thing. I liked, like. I, liked, um, I think I agree with you on that now. I like Hawkeye <laughs> too because he was such a such a minor character. Mark Millar didn't have a chance to really fuck up who he was. But like, Bruce, Jeff Loeb did that in Bruce the Ultimates. Banner, three. Like, Bruce Banner is reprehensible. Uh, you know, Cap is an asshole. Like, yeah, it's. I like mean, Hank Pym, yeah. he's a- I mean, but Hank
2: Pym's supposed to be like that. That's the correct way I that they I think Thor's pretty that. awesome. Yeah, Thor's cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think that the way that Robert Downey Jr. was in Iron Man and all the other Marvel movies, that's exactly how I think Stan Lee would have envisioned, or whoever created Iron Man. I don't know if it did exactly with Stan Lee. But that's how he's supposed to be. Outgoing, cocky, confident, witty.
0: Uh, the Ultimates came out in two thousand two, and uh, Iron Man came out in two thousand eight.
2: There was no debate about that.
0: I, I think they were a lot closer. Oh no! I figured I, I figured Ultimates came out first, but I thought there was a lot in a way. Between it's
3: them. hard to believe that it's only been two thousand eight since Iron Man came out, which defined the way Marvel movies are done these days. Because it feels like there, there's just so many of them. It feels like yeah. Has it really only been like six years or whatever?
1: Roll it out every year, (laughs) and they're
2: just ramping it up now. I mean, they're going to start moving into three Marvel movies a year, and it's it's you know one of the bigger studios now, one of the you know more profitable set of uh, films out there now. Yeah, you have Fast and Furious franchise, Transformers, and then all the Marvel (laughs) stuff. Fuck that Transformers
0: shit. (laughs) Fuck it right in its ass. Iron Man was so close to make to making my list because it's it's great. Like I I didn't like um, the look of Jeff Bridges. I didn't like Obadiah Stane with his weird bald head and his his giant beard. But he played a he played a just a mean guy. Like you ugh, I, I, you just didn't like Obadiah Stane in that movie. Like even from the beginning you knew be like this this guy's this guy's dirty. I'd have to say that he's
2: probably the best Iron Man villain as well. I mean.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, like, when you, whenever you put him up against Tony, and particularly Robert Downey Jr., who's so charismatic and so likable, I think, you know, Jeff Bridges' movie history up until that point has helped him because he's been riding the big Lebowski high, and everybody loves Jeff
3: Bridges since that movie. Why are you shaking your head? Did did you not know that he won an Academy Award for Crazy Horse for Best Actor? How about right. True Grit as well? Or True Grit.
0: That's fine, but his star didn't take off. How about off. a little known film called Tron?
3: Hmm? Right.
0: But King King no one,
3: Kong, no one really
0: loved Jeff Bridges until he became the Big Lebowski. And since then, he's been the Big Lebowski you in his real the life. You just hate the dude, man. You know, that's yeah, all. You're wrong. I mean, he was a popular actor. He, he was like Kevin Klein. But once he became the Big Lebowski, this mythology about Jeff Bridges just took off, and now it's now people say his name in hushed tones. It's Jeff Bridges. So your least favorite Marvel movie is The Big Lebowski. That movie,
2: because <laughs> you probably let me guess,
0: you've never seen it. I've seen it. Have you? And twice, you, and you don't like I it. I Hated it. That's because both you're a times. fucking communist. Both, both times, uninteresting unfunny, no redeeming qualities. If I could have had every character die in the first ten minutes, I would have given it a thumbs up. Dummy. You. But, people love Jeff Bridges. And going into Iron Man 1, they're like, and Jeff Bridges is a charismatic guy. He's a great actor. So, I think he walked a really good line of you know he's a bad guy, and he, he carries this undercurrent of he, this is an evil dude, but yeah. you you want to like him the entire time. You want him to turn around because you see some kind of redeeming quality in him. Yeah, you think he's trying to help Tony Stark. And compare that and, and side him right up next to Robert Downey Jr., who is impossible to have any negative thoughts about. I mean, they, those two work together great through the entire movie, and mostly in the scenes where they weren't in the suits fight. I look at all these pictures on IMDb
2: of Iron Man, and all I can think of is Dominic Yossi. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That picture where he's looking at the crash that reminds you of Dominic.
2: Oh, more so than any <laughs> other picture. <fixer. laughs> so, Paul, yeah, I know you're a big Marvel hater. Hmm. You think of your comic books as uh, sports
0: teams, and Marvel would be like Marvel, the the San Jose Sharks. <sighs> That's who Marvel is. And I was thinking, I, I was, was thinking Anaheim, Anaheim Ducks, but I guess I'm wrong. No, like they try to they try to make up the rivalry between the Kings and Ducks, and it is a rivalry. They're close geographic rivals, but the real hatred, the true hatred, like the honest, I dislike the players personally on that team.
1: It's the Kings and Sharks.
0: So I was thinking about Marvel movies, and I was like, I hate every one of them.
2: This <laughs> has been a fun week for you,
1: though. That's it's
0: false.
2: true. You would, you would feel that
0: way. Uh, Ian stole a little bit of my thunder. One of my top two favorite Marvel movies is Spider-Man 2. Because holy fuck did they get so much stuff right in that movie. I was thinking about what's, what's bad about it. Because what we do about movies we love, we talk about what we didn't love about them. We say, mind you, we love this movie. I love this movie. But what I didn't like was James Franco's wooden acting. I loved his character arc. In that movie, I love the pressure he's under, suddenly being in charge and trying to get things done and scoring this this big scientific discovery, and it's just collapsing underneath him. But I don't think he acted it very well. And
2: still, he was way better than Dane DeHaan on his best fucking day. He was way better as Harry than Dane DeHaan oh. and in his wooden acting if we want to go there with wooden acting that dude
3: stunk is it true that maybe James Franco is not that great of an actor
1: that could be true I think a lot of his roles that he plays are all very similar you, you know the way he plays them you could almost pluck him out and put him in a set of another movie and maybe he's doing the same bit
3: you know, you know what he was good in he was very good in Freaks and Geeks like probably like his first big thing and he was also very good, like, in the Pineapple Express. At least, for real. If he can play high,
2: then he's got it. Like, when he can play himself, yeah, if, uh, well, this I mean, is the Pineapple end.
3: Pineapple Express, he wasn't hot. Like, he's, he was a drug dealer. In yeah, that, he maybe. was, but um, that wasn't himself. I mean, he was a caricature.
0: You don't think James Franco's really a drug dealer? Yeah, he definitely <laughs> <totally> is.
2: <laughs> Let's not be naive. True. But yeah, no, yeah, he had the he had to play kind of uh, kind of a straight role as
0: Harry, and I I, I guess I and that, agree with and, you. And that's what I liked about Dane DeHaan. I know you guys didn't like him in Amazing Too, but I thought he did great because he was a petulant prick. He was a rich spoiled brat, and as soon as he didn't get what he wanted, immediately he just went off the rails and threw a tantrum. But in the and, most wooden. Fashion. I disagree. <laughs> I respectfully disagree. Well, what there are we, we doing? No I'm trying to bite you people will be tonight. No more <laughs> shouting matches. On uh, the uh, McSauce podcast. Ian, uh, I respect your opinion. Uh, this is disgusting. I'm going to process it
2: later.
3: I don't respect his opinion after you know, now, me. You know, know you, know,
2: <laughs> you know who's responsible for this? Darcy and her nicey nice arguing. That's, That's who's
0: responsible for this new yeah. podcast. I'm not, I'm not arguing with you about this because. <sighs> Because you're not gonna acquiesce. You're not gonna be like, "Yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll watch it again. Maybe I'll reevaluate Dane DeHaan in that movie." You're just and you like arguing, so you're just arguing to argue. Yes, right. It's correct. uh, Those are all correct. But the purge, the purge argument, the Han and Luke argument, those were genuine. Yeah, you weren't arguing just to argue. So Spider-Man Two, they took the stuff from. Number one, that was good, and they made it a lot better. I like the story of Peter better in that movie. He's They really cut the, the contrast between him having a really rough time. As Spider-Man, he gets fired like ten minutes into that movie. Or as Peter, he gets fired really early. But as Spider-Man, he is king of New York. I like um, Mary Jane pulling away from him because... I have to... When I, well, when I watch all those movies, I have to pretend that Kirsten Dunst is way prettier than she really is. She gets a lot of shit, but she was she was kind of pretty in this movie. Yeah, she's got some fangs, but that's all right. And I like fangs. I love Jewel. I she, love being a little snaddle-tooth yeah. every so
2: often. Kirsten Dunst gets a lot of shit. It, the thing that people point to, I think, is, is her and her non-prettiness in these movies. I thought she was a good Mary Well, Jane. you
0: know, she's... But you, Mary Jane is supposed to be this successful
3: supermodel and actress, and she is big shit. She was ultimate Spider-Man Mary Jane. That's all. That's what they did. Yeah, but... Uh, no, there's no... Yeah, but it, that's what they did. They translated... They translated Mary say, Jane right up. Say it. Say, what? say what? Say what he didn't just what said it under you, his breath. I didn't see what did he said. I didn't say anything. Let's just, go ahead, say it. Paul, fuck you. Paul, fuck you, man. I just don't, don't know. I don't think
0: they really pushed that issue. And I think they were trying to walk the line of, yeah, she's this little meek... I can't even say nerd because she wasn't. Like, Mary Jane in the Ultimate Universe is a fucking bookworm like Peter. But Mary Jane wasn't even that. She's dating the captain of the football team. And I'm like, Flash. You can do so much better. You're Joe Manganiello. You're going to be ripped. Ripped as fuck in about five years. Was
2: Joe you Manganiello in really bitch. in Spider-Man 1? I didn't yeah, know that. he Wasn't Goofball? I didn't know that.
3: That's because you... I don't watch movies. Uh, I'm too busy hating uh, costume. I do, there are other actors in it. I didn't
0: know. <laughs> so uh, immediately, they portray Mary Jane as being some big shit. She's not the meek little Mary Jane. From
3: She's the popular in high school, but the, I mean, they didn't make her some, a
2: supermodel. It's right? a realistic turn from somebody that gets everything that they want in high school to somebody that has to earn it whenever they get into the real world.
0: Is it that is. okay? Yeah, and that's fine. But I don't think they—I don't think they sold it well enough. And I think if it was the bombshell in high school. Like, this is... This chick's chick the shit. And then out of high school, she's going through all this rough times. That makes the more realistic story. Because in the first one, you're like, why is Flash Thompson with her? She is fucking hideous. <laughs> she's not hideous. That's way too rough. You're ridiculous. That's way too rough. But ultimately, I like, I like all the story arcs, and to... Alfred Molina's Doc Ock is so fucking... Cool because they finally take him and they make him a real guy with legitimate you know needs and motivations. He's not the weird bowl cut scientist anymore. Like he's a you feel for him the entire movie. Like you want him to get his shit together the whole time. And you know ultimately, spoilers, he doesn't.
3: And for the record, I would take Kirsten Dunst over um, Ian, get in here before he says it. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> Over uh, Are you, Emma Stone. Really? I really?
0: Would. Yep. You're a nut, Ian said from the other room. Would you really? Mm-hmm. Because you find Kirsten Dunst more attractive. Correct. You have the worst taste of anyone I've ever met. That was for you. I told to him that out. for you.
3: I mean, at least Kirsten Dunn sounds like a female, not like, oh, not like an emphysema yes. patient that's been smoking for the last 75 years. Hey, Peter, give me a kiss. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> I, think I that, like her smoky tone. <laughs> yeah, I like that emphysema throat.
3: I gotta
1: say that it's my nice. opinion on the Spider-Man movies is slightly jaded, uh, because as... My Boys Were Young, that was the first movie that was really big to them, and they watched it incessantly, so it, I watched it ad nauseum, and if I never saw it again, I would be completely okay with that. <laughs> we <laughs> so. just spent the first half of the podcast arguing
2: <laughs> Spider-Man 1 and 2, and you're like,
1: like You guys got stinks. nothing else? You got Spider-Man? Really? My five-year-old can talk Spider-Man. Uh, I think, I think two, 2 is a
0: lot more heartfelt. It has a really strong through line for the entire movie. The focus... The focus is really honed in to what they're doing from start to finish. And, like, they get they get so much stuff right. Spider-Man 1's pretty focused. Yeah, I just... And Spider-Man 1 is not a bad movie. Except it may be in my it's, top
3: ten Marvel movies. It's probably not even in the top 20, actually, now that I think about it. Right, oh. sharply?
2: If we want to blow it out of proportion and say things that I didn't say, then sure, we like, can do I that. Like, I like or one. we can use what I actually said, what which was there are better movies that I think I would put in the top ten, and we're going to go over some of those movies And, you
0: know, it's personal opinion. Like, the storyline in two just really struck a chord with me with the relationship between uh, Peter and Doc Ock and, you know, the the mentor-apprentice relationship, and everything's falling apart with Mary Jane through it. Emotionally, it had a better hook for me than Spider-Man 1.
2: They made an interesting choice with the way that they presented Doc Ock's arms and kind of that controlling... A uh, way that the the arms were a, a character within themselves. It was just... Spider-Man was great movie, great movie. But then they did a better version of it. That's it. That's was all he, I'm saying. Was the Doc
1: Ock arms thing not portrayed that way in the comics? I, I don't think so, really. Maybe well, in the Ultimates. Maybe. But they were like a separate entity? Yeah. They were controlled like by a, the chip in his brain, and without that chip, they did whatever no, they I
3: don't felt. Think, no. I think that it was just some kind of harness
2: that he wore. But it was an interesting choice It gave um, uh, more layers to that character. I think it was Who is an like interesting villain. Maybe one of my favorite villains in these Marvel movies that we're going to talk about tonight. Um, uh, spoiler, some of the problems with the Marvel movies are the fact that they spend so much time building the heroes and their supporting cast. Sometimes the villain gets
0: left on the side or isn't given justice or just isn't good. Why well, don't we spin it back around the table... Matt, give us another Marvel movie you love.
3: Well, you guys already said it twice, but I'm going to say it a third time, Spider-Man 2.
0: No, you have to pick another one.
1: <laughs> really, Matt? Come on, You Matt. have I'm to, to pick another one. Pick, yeah.
3: another one. pick another
0: one. Your favorite Marvel movies of all the Marvel movies are Spider-Man 1 and 2. Yeah. Okay, wait. <laughs> I I really liked Iron Man, too. (laughs) Tell us us why you liked
3: Iron The Iron Spider podcast. You guys already said it, but, you know, great villain, uh, great um, kind of uh, furthering the story between all the characters that were introduced in the first movie. Harry Osborn's kind of descent into uh, darkness. You had Mary Jane, who's slowly, you know, getting into her acting career, which, if you read the (laughs) comics... We all kind of know that. Um, well, she's kind of like a like a failed actress, yeah. and this kind of portrays that a little bit. Um, obviously, Spider Man, uh, Peter Parker, kind of wrestling with like losing his friend Harry uh, to you know Harry's kind of torment uh, mixed with Spider Man's successes. He had more of a good thing with Jay Jonah Jameson, who's probably even funnier in, in the second one than he was in the first one. Um, and they do such a good job of kind of portraying that down on his luck kind of guy that you absolutely root for. Everything from like in the beginning when when he goes to his modest birthday party with just his two best friends at his at his aunt's house, um, and then for his birthday she just gives him like a twenty dollar bill. Like I found that scene like so touching where is that shit in most movies these days where is that level of heart it's just vacant it doesn't exist and that's kind of what sets these movies apart and and just kind of i mean it's got that it's already got the great action sequences and the heroes and villains and amazing costumes sharply it's got it all <laughs> but but
2: i like the it has the
3: heart on top of that <laughs> And, and the first one had it, and the second one had it. And frankly, you can flip flop. As far as I'm concerned, you can pretty much flip flop between the two of them. You don't one have any toys, and they're like, oh, I don't know. It's Spider Man, the <coughs> other one, uh, who cares? But, but why one probably edges out too, in my opinion, is because on its own, as a whole, it, it does everything. It, it introduces the characters, it starts from nothing. And gives you something big, and it gives you the characters, the origin, the villains, and it still tells a compelling story. Um, you know, Spider-Man Two essentially relies on what Spider-Man One did uh, to kind of further everything, but it's still great. Still has an amazing score by Danny Elfman, just like the first one did. Um, what else? What else can I say about it? Great action sequences. I think sequences. we have covered
1: Spider-Man. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that's good job. One, one no, no, thing
3: that's, that's what we do. Cut him off. One sucky thing was um the, the Kirsten Dunn's face. The removal of the mask during the sequence when he stops the uh, train.
0: What an iconic scene up until that point though.
3: But then but then like not only that, but the way that the all the New Yorkers like you know, you want him, you gotta get through us and, so dumb. But like, well, this is New York. And then there was, and a, there was a complaint <laughs> about the Spider-Man
2: movies. It's that this is New York mentality. Right. You, you I You essentially
0: it. just slapped Wayne in the face. And I know. <laughs> I'm
2: no,
1: with him. That was ridiculous, see? Well, he's just like, this is
2: Utica, bitch.
3: Welcome <laughs> <laughs> to Frankfurt. <laughs> and not only that, but it happens in two other Spider-Man movies. It happens, it happens in Spider-Man, in Man Spider-Man One movie. when he's fighting the Green Goblin, and they start throwing bricks at the Green Goblin like ah bricks. And then, <laughs> and then it happens in. The like, amazing- it's a Power Ranger right. up there, right? <laughs> and then it happens in the Amazing Spider-Man One when all the the construction workers are all on their cranes, and they face the no. cranes all in the same direction. And hey, Sal! Like, no, it's Spidey. <laughs> right, and you're supposed to like get goosebumps, like, "Oh my God, look, we're from Brooklyn!" Brooklyn? <laughs> oh yeah, it's Spidey. Get him a bagel. What was what that? that? Irish? <laughs> yeah, it kind of came <laughs> out weird. Know, Irish. Irish, Canadian. Get him a, a bagel. <laughs> <of> there, <laughs> Wait, that? <man, Matt> went... <laughs> <laughs> no more impressions for you. No, no more
0: accents. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck is that Canadian shit? The fries and the gravy. Poutine. What's that Poutine.
3: called? Poutine. Poutine. Poutine.
1: And if you Played order it so wrong, you will get smacked in the head.
3: <laughs> I live very close to Canada. <laughs> yeah, anyway, Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, my two favorites. I could watch them more, like, repeatedly than any other uh, Marvel movie. Wow. Bang, bang. Spider-Man. Wait, what? I said
2: bang, bang. Bang, bang. Bang, bang.
3: Bang,
0: bang. bang, bang.
3: Wayne,
1: bang. number two. You're dead. Number two? You're, you're dead. dead. I'm not looking either. Go, yeah, you're not looking. What do you think it is? I'm thinking Guardians of the Galaxy because you said go. No, I, I haven't seen Guardians oh, yet. Oh, okay. So. Mm, I don't. I
0: really don't know.
1: Avengers? No. Going back to going back. That's where I was going with good. Spider Man One. No, <laughs> God, no. I'm glad I didn't pick one of the Spider Man movies. Now, jeez. No, going back to when I was a kid, The Incredible Hulk. Uh, the one with Ed Norton, not Eric Bana. I oh, yeah. like the Eric Bana one much. I'm a big Ed Norton fan. Um, I like Tim Roth a lot as well. I thought he played a great, a great villain. Um, and. Like the TV series, he was just something that was canceled too soon. Lie to me if you're looking for something on Netflix. It was funny. He was good in that too. But. And
3: I'll tell you what, the fight at the end when Hulk fought the Abomination was, you know, worth the build up.
1: Uh, you know, I like that. I like the the university scene as well when he's fighting against the military. And mm-hmm. It's just, you know, him on his own, and he's not, you know, trying to be the bad guy. But they just they won't they won't stop no matter what. And you know, they're using the acoustic weapons and everything else trying to to get to him and everything, and just you know the, the M.L. Bronson you know when he's trying to be he's like yeah I'm gonna take this and he's still you know he just smacks him against the tree and it's just it was a great scene I think it was really well done I think the casting was great except for Liv Tyler I can't stand Liv Tyler no, oh, that's personal bias uh, it is the whole, this whole thing is personal <laughs> bias this whole podcast is all personal <laughs> bias <laughs> Why do
2: you dislike Liv Tyler? What did she do to you? It's she's not an ugly,
0: ugly face. No, like,
2: because she, I don't think she's attractive. I don't like really? her. I is. just
1: she can't act at because all because she
0: reminds Wayne how much he wants to fuck Steven oh.
1: Tyler. Oh, wow! Well, I mean, I do like Steven us, and Tyler, much. but we're not going there. But she, her, all of her parts are like, oh, look at me. I'm this poor soul. We can't hear that. She says that. Well, that's how she is. <laughs> Half of her lines have to be, you know, that's just in Stewart method of acting. It just think. it drives me nuts. It's like if you're gonna act the part,
0: act the part. It's not necessarily wrong because you know we're episodes deep into the
1: leftovers,
0: and I'm like, yeah, she does deliver lines like
1: that. It's everything. It's all the stuff she's ever done. She did it in Armageddon. It's just how she acts. And I don't know if she thinks it's sexy or if somebody thinks you know told her once she looks good doing it or what. I just find it extremely annoying. Um, I thought William Hurt was great uh, as, you know, the general. Um, you know, and the fact that he'll go to any length to get, you know, the Hulk to weaponize the, the, the technology, uh, even at the expense of his daughter. I mean, I thought that he portrayed that very well. What about the setup by, uh, ha- like, creating the, the leader, giving you his
3: kind of origin to do nothing with it?
0: I would have liked that better.
3: Oh no,
0: it wasn't. Who who played? Is I was that, thinking of uh, I, I, Brooks, I, I, Doc Samson. Is that Phil Yeah, Dunphy.
3: yeah. Phil Dumphy is yeah. Doc Samson. That's no, some weird ass no, casting, but um, no. The, the leader, he gets the um, stuff dripping into his brain, into his head, and yeah. then you're like, oh cool, the leader's going to be the next one, and it wasn't because there they was thought that nothing. there was yeah, going to be a next. You know, one, the head kind
1: of throbbed, and he kind of gets his evil grin yeah. on his face, and then that was it. Why did they never revisit? I think thought... because. Ed Norton and got into contract changes, and then they went to the Avengers, and they got someone else to play the Hulk. So. Why did Ed
3: Norton? He they
2: changed lying? the end of this film, and Ed Norton didn't agree with it, and he was out at that point. He just didn't agree with. I, I don't think there was anything all that controversial. I don't remember the Hulk like raping anybody or anything all that drastic. I think he just like knocked some buildings down and shit. Oh and no,
3: he raped somebody. And did not even see it.
2: I'm gonna have to revisit
3: yeah, that. Yeah, he raped Doc Samson. That's why. Uh, they got such a nice guy like Phil Dunphy to play Doc Samson.
1: Uh, but you know, and I also I appreciated the crossover reference with you know Stark Industries and the Cap this, Shield. You know, yeah, or what Was heading into you know. Was this
2: the first movie that had the after trailer that connect
3: that was connecting
2: the universe? I think it no, was. No,
3: no, no. Um, Iron Man One had it because it introduced. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, as as, um, that's right,
2: yeah. He went, he came and visited, uh, and then then a couple months later,
3: The Incredible Hulk came out in theaters, and that's where Robert Downey Jr., you know, reprises the role of Tony Stark and goes to talk to um, at the bar at the end. He says, I I hear you
1: have a problem. Yes, on that. That was the second reference, yeah. And he said, We're putting together a team, okay. I thought that was first, no, that was the second one, okay, because the first
3: one was when. Nick Fury tells Tony Stark about the team and then Tony Stark... It's like
2: there are more people <laughs> like, you, you, know, like uh, you out there or something, right, that. Right, right. right. And then people in the theater are like,
3: oh, Justice League is coming, and uh, Avengers?
1: <laughs> no. Uh, being a jerk.
3: You just don't know. I don't know
1: anything. And they both came yeah. out in 2008. That's interesting.
0: I think The Incredible Hulk is a,
1: is a very underrated movie. It was good. It really was. It got you undercut with when I said not the Eric Bannon, did you think that was? No, was no, terrible no terrible. that one was Oh, okay. <laughs> it was with Hulk, Hulk dogs, that was terrible. Okay, all
2: uh, the weird Ang Lee choices for the like. All the, the, the like, like the things, like cuts yeah, cuts it was no, like the a finale
3: where they were sitting in chairs between two ferns or whatever, and and, and Nick uh, Nicholas, what's his name? Nick Nolte. Nolte Does any yeah. Nick Nolte overacts beyond. Comprehension, you remember that? Uh, I don't remember much
2: about that movie. I knew that the cuts were distracting. Yeah, they were. That one of one of Jennifer
0: Connelly was sexy. I remember that. Mm, one of my absolute favorite Marvel scenes, overall, all of Marvel movies, is when <clears throat> Ed Norton conf- in the beginning of The Incredible Hulk. Ed Norton, Ed Norton confronts those guys in the warehouse, and they're speaking in Spanish. Yeah. And he says, you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry.
1: Yes. And it's such a, a horrible singer. Yes. Yeah. But it's,
0: it was just so funny at the perfect time. His delivery of it was so good.
3: Actually, the beginning of The Incredible Hulk, when Ed Norton's on the run, and you have that chase sequence through... What city felt- is that? Brazil. Was he going
1: to Brazil? That was right? it Rio? Rio. Oh. Rio, Rio it, de yeah. Janeiro.
0: It felt very... Super cool. Uh, Bill Bixby's series. Yeah,
1: I, I didn't like the way they kind of summed up the whole history during the opening credits. I think they could have done a little bit more with how he became the Hulk. Instead, it was clips, you know, explosion at the See, lab, this and is, green monster. This is a
0: theme and- with you, Wayne, because we were watching Man of Steel last night, and, you know, we watched about the, the first 40 minutes, and Wayne's like, you know what, I wish that had just done the, the introduction I wish that had just done the origin Like they did in Spider-Man
1: <laughs> And I was like, well they do do the When origins. did I become an Italian boxer? <laughs> it's, just, it's just cut into the movie
0: But I guess Wayne's, Wayne's the origin guy Wayne Balboa here
1: <laughs> Yeah, I want to know where they came from I want to see it spelled out I don't want to have to think or guess Or remember 30 years ago when I read it in the comic I want it spelled out this is what happened, this is how he became a superhero. Wayne, this is what happened. Wayne,
0: two Cheeks is the is you know, the guys they're looking for with
2: these first movies. Wayne's favorite DC comic movie must be Batman Begins because the whole movie is Bruce <laughs> Wayne like learning Bruce how to Wayne. be Batman. It's like Bruce Wayne's origin. Yeah. Yes, I, I like that movie too, but that whole movie is just like, let's figure out how to do this whole Batman thing. Mm.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
0: Incredible Hulk inspired yeah, choice. I, I
1: like did. it. And I liked that they had Luke Ferrigno as the security guard, and he did the voiceover for the Hulk. He only had, like, two lines, but he did, did have the voiceover. The I voice. didn't know
3: that. That's cool.
1: Yeah, cool. I didn't know that initially either until I did the research, but that's pretty cool. After. Well,
0: wasn't he mad because they didn't bring him back for
1: the Avengers for anything? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. Wouldn't you be?
3: I mean, I you were an iconic so.
1: character for however many years that ran. Now they're kind of redoing it. You can't be the main guy anymore, but, you know. I think they're they're a bone every now and then. In
2: Avengers 2, I think they're including him, because he was at Comic-Con, and um, him and Mark Ruffalo were together and took some pictures together. So I think that they're all included. Was Mark Ruffalo rolling his eyes the whole time? I don't think so. I think he has more respect than that. So I'm sure that he was hanging out with them, taking nice
3: nice shots. Wayne, what's your opinion of Mark Ruffalo versus Ed Norton as Bruce Banner?
1: I, I'm an Ed Norton fan. I thought he really portrayed the character of Bruce Banner oh, yeah. very well. Um, I was left wanting with Mark Ruffalo when it was over. I was like, <gasps> oh, "Really, dare hey get, <laughs> hey, get over it.
0: Hey, get over it. Hey, get over it."
1: But I, I just, I think, I think Norton nailed it. You sound like the thing. Arby's commercials. <laughs>
3: What's, up? What's that guy's name? I don't fucking uh, remember, uh, but he's annoying. You're going to look it up? Thanks, appreciate
1: that. <laughs> Keep
3: talking. I liked what what Ruffalo did, what he brought... Bo Deedle. Bo Deedle.
0: The world's greatest private detective who no one's ever heard of.
3: So, Ruffalo's Bruce Banner seemed nerdier, though. Like, Norton's was kind of more capable and a little feistier, whereas... Ruffalo's was, was a science geek, and that didn't exactly come across to me in, with the Ed Norton version. However, you know that's all in the, in the writing rather than the acting. I think they were yeah. both
1: really good. Which one holds more true to the character of Bruce Banner in terms of the comic book?
3: Um, I think in the more recent uh, Incredible Hulk comics, probably the Ed Norton version. Um, but I probably prefer the Mark Ruffalo version myself. Mark Ruffalo
0: stole the Avengers, like when as Bruce Banner and all the Hulk scenes, he was great. And there's things I like about both actors in that role. Like I, I love that Mark Ruffalo is really unassuming and he's really quiet and he's really soft-spoken.
2: So he had time. such a
3: dry sense of humor in mm-hmm. it too, which was cool. And it made but, you wait
2: for the Hulk a little bit yeah. where you're like, okay, well, we've seen the Hulk, what is it going to be here? And it just explodes. And, I, and I, I like
0: I like the contrast between Mark Ruffalo and the Hulk, but with Ed Norton's I felt that like there was this underlying anger in him that even came through as he was... Bruce Banner, like, he was just pissed, like, he's, like, I'm, you I'm stuck with being the Hulk, and there was just this aggravation just under the surface with Ed Norton that I really liked. And, so and maybe he was playing it that way, but I think some of the fun about the
2: Hulk is is Bruce Banner and having it be a person that you're like, well, that guy could never get angry, that guy could never be mad, and when he says, you know, what's the, what's the trick, and I'm always angry, and he never seems that way, and that's, I thought that was a great line, and um, just a great way to play that character, and you finally are breaking out your slim jim, Paul.
0: Nacho flavor to go with my tequila and tacos and my Mexican, Mexican. heritage. My corumbo, Ian. As you drain that beer, uh, second favorite Marvel movie. Go.
2: I, I'll go with uh, a little bit different. Marvel movie, I'm going to go back to the Marvel Studios, because we, we did Spider-Man for a long time, so yeah. we'll go back to Marvel Studios, and this is a newer movie, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Wow. I thought that um, some of the things that we talk about is it's a standalone movie, and it does all of this all of these things really well. Captain America, sure. The, the second movie, you need to have some tie-ins and some context for that movie to make sense, But I think that those are the things that make it really strong. The fact that you know this world, you're familiar with all these characters, and whenever you find out that Hydra has infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. and done all these horrible things, that has some weight to it because you love all these characters and you know all about it. Um, I thought that one thing that we were talking about earlier, some of the villains in the Marvel movies are kind of one-dimensional. I don't even know if... I mean, he was a villain in this, but the Winter Winter Soldier was a great villain. And he had shades of gray. And the moment when, uh, at the final battle when Captain America won't fight him. Um, I mean, I thought that was a really, really great moment there. It had a lot of emotional emotional weight. And he looked, I mean, look, I think Matt said this in the past. He just looked fucking cool. He looks awesome whenever he appears on the
3: screen. I said that. I, I said he said, looks so you, fucking cool. You see how I'm. You don't hear do that on kind on of my, fucking commentary anywhere else, <laughs> but right here. You, hear,
2: you see how I'm going to do this? I'm going to get Matt back mm-hmm. on my side after I bashed him for half an hour. This is how you do it. <laughs> there were the thing that uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier did that also was great was it's it's a genre film. It's a political thriller and not necessarily a superhero movie. Whereas a lot of the other films that Marvel Studios has come out with, um, not counting Guardians, which is a sci-fi space adventure. A lot of the other movies are... They're, they're superhero movies. Avengers is the quintessential superhero movie. Um, Captain America had a lot of things that I think even um, just fans of, of crime films or fans of, of just regular thrillers... Could sit down, watch this film, and really enjoy it. Um, all the characters I thought were were excellent, excellently played. Robert Redford was really good in this movie. Scarlett Johansson played a character that had a lot of gray areas and uh, a lot of uh, you, you didn't know which side she was necessarily on. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoyed Captain America, the the sequel to the first one. The first one was good. Also not in my top ten, but this movie, excellent, really well played. I hope that Marvel Studios, in the future, does the whole genre thing and takes their characters into unfamiliar territories but still maintain some of the superhero plot.
3: So what are some of the other genres they should visit? Should the Doctor Strange mm-hmm. movie be a that horror movie? Straight horror movie, I
2: think. Yeah, yeah that would I think be that's the way
3: to go with where, where he goes into hell or something, finds Mephisto. I want to be scared of a Marvel movie. I think that would be different. That would be cool. I think that would be cool, too, but I don't think they have the balls to do it.
2: Well, we all sat here and said, Guardians is going to be just Avengers in space. In a way, it was, but it it was a lot more. No, strange. but it than was it
3: was, stra- it was Certainly stranger, but it still was going for the same demographic, the same age range. If you go straight up horror, and you're still are looking, you going
2: R? Because you can't go R with these movies.
3: That's the thing. It's like it's a fine line because if you go like too far, you're into like Blade territory, and you're really limiting your your. Your demographic. True, but that's another Marvel movie that
2: hit big. That was a really
3: great Marvel movie. Blade, the original. Well, yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, that's responsible for the modern comic book movie. That's the reason Marvel has fucking movies. Yeah, was that Blade
2: was such a made a lot of money from
3: its budget. Um, But I think when they go Doctor Strange, because they've all they've already established that Doctor Strange exists within the Marvel superhero U they're not going to go and create like Doctor Strange and give it a completely different tone than what's already been established and give it a, an R rating and it's just not going to happen
2: yeah but i think that they can still they can still take chances and i think they will i think that these the second wave movies: Captain America, Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy. They've proven that they're going to take some chances. Guardians was a chance. Captain
0: well, yeah, America Two wasn't really I, a yeah,
3: chance. That yeah, wasn't I, so much a stretch. I was going to make that point myself. We, Guardians, but totally. do we think that it was a lot different than the other Marvel
2: movies? It was. Well, here is really. the thing,
3: Ian. I think that that Captain America One was substantially different actually i think captain america 1 was more different than from from like all the other superhero movies particularly marvel ones than captain america 2 was
2: i think that it also was a genre film because it was it was a
3: throwback world war 2 history movie. style yeah yeah so uh, i whereas, can agree whereas sort of with captain you captain america 2 especially toward the end was avengers light to me
2: um I, I,
3: the, the beginning
2: and middle chunks of that movie were, were such a heavy political kind of thriller that I, I'd have to disagree with you, but I think respectfully disagree well, I with you. I appreciate that
3: you're respectfully doing... Fuck you, assholes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> whoa, Whoa!
2: <laughs> whoa!
3: However, thriller... <clears throat> yeah, I, I think they're on the run. I wasn't on the edge of my seat. Yes, you were,
2: because that kid was kicking you in the back of your neck.
3: And I know that you were leaning back in your seat the entire time, because when the movie was over, the back of your head was flat. That's because we sat in the front, because you were late. Oh, blame me. Blame me. Captain America 2 was slightly
0: different from your usual Marvel fare, because it was better.
3: I don't think... (laughs) Oh.
0: I don't think the tone the of it...
3: kid gloves have come off. I don't think the
0: tone of it was a lot different. You know, you still had your patented Marvel zinger, you know, placed st- strategically throughout the movie. It still had, you know, the same bright color palette. It was a Marvel movie, but they got a lot of things right in it. First of all, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't that bright. Movies
3: leading and up
2: to and it, second of all... I meant,
0: I meant literally colored bright. I don't mean it wasn't tongue. colored all that
2: bright either, man. It really wasn't. There you know, like, were a lot of dull tones. Captain America's uniform it almost looked like lo- Superman. Zack Snyder and
0: Were The Dark World, which was good, and Iron Man 3, which really wasn't. So by the time you hit Cap 3, like it, it was just a really good movie. It was a really good movie. But I don't think it's like, oh shit, they're breaking down the barriers. They're doing crazy shit. Wait a second, like right
2: after this movie came out, there were a lot of critics that have that were hailing this movie as like the the the, the dawn of the new style of superhero movie where other people can appreciate it, and critics can appreciate it, and people that have never been connected to the superhero universe can appreciate a movie that's more centered. In different themes than just capes and tights, like people were saying things like that, and critics were giving this movie serious consideration
3: for a lot of accolades. I think that that was a, an overreaction to the to the film. I still think that it was heavily in superhero land. And all I like think that, we need after to we rewatch s- this movie. After we saw it, I was the the voice of reason. I didn't. Go around sucking its dick like everybody else did afterwards, but, but didn't we all give it high
2: marks? I thought we all, right, all said it was it's, really I gave really, it really lower good
3: than everyone else. I think I gave and it, it it's like a, a six or a seven. It's a great movie, but based on the conversation
0: we were just having of Marvel breaking out of their own box and doing some different shit, doing a horror movie is super different than doing a Marvel movie with a little political twist. Like Cap wasn't that groundbreaking a departure it was, for Marvel. It was different. It was a different film and so was Guardians. Guardians more so, but they still have that tone. I mean, if, if you're going to do a horror movie, I mean, that's, that, a, that
2: ton, that's a serious... That tone of movie that is good that will dominate the box office and do well and have fans come back and be excited about it instead of a polarizing movie that people thought were kind of crappy. I mean, that's what Marvel does. They make great films yeah, that people enjoy. makes
0: Great movies have a template, they have a tone, it works. Which is why they're they're not... Which is why they're not going to break out of that and do something totally the, the different. The fact with that Docker we sit Spirit.
2: here and bash Marvel's template is ridiculous. Whoever it is, like,
0: if it's DC dope. wishes that it had a
2: template, that people would probably oh, be like, "Oh, look, look I really, is really is like these now." I really like, like these movies well, instead of people saying, uh, "I don't know, it was kind okay, sort of okay." Who's getting
0: shit. defensive? I'm now. just saying to say to bash it for having a template, a template that works and is successful. is stupid. It. I'm not bashing it. I'm giving you a rational argument as to why they're not going to do it because they have shit that works. it right, works. It brings in billions of dollars. People love these movies. Why would they? But, there, but there's a negative context to, Well, they have this template, and it's always funny. But that's and not all what that I'm stuff. saying. I'm saying they're not going to go off and make you know, you know, Doctor Strange, you know, saving Emily Rose. It's going to be Johnny Depp or whoever. Zing and slingers all over the place. It's going to be funny. It's going to be bright. Dormammu's going to get a cream pie in the face. And everybody's going to love it. And it's going to make a billion dollars. And then they're going to move on to the next Marvel movie that does just as well. Dormammu will not get a cream pie in the face. We're not going to see Doctor Strange fall into a pit of hypodermic needles and have to get himself out. That would be pretty dark. I'd leave the theater at that point.
3: Marvel has done horror before they did Blade and Blade opened with a raining shower of blood.
0: And because because when Blade came out they were like, yeah, it's Blade, do whatever you want. But after Iron Man 3, do you think Blade would happen like it did?
3: Maybe not. No. Maybe. Blade has Blade anybody Blade gone was. back and watched Blade 1 or even 2? At all recently? I have no, seen, yeah. I think
0: it'll disappoint me. No, no, it won't. It won't. I've seen I've seen bits and pieces of both,
3: and they're just cool movies. Yeah, Blade One I I watched within the last year and a half. Yeah, it really is, and it holds up. It's really cool. The world is so like just dark and dreary, and and it's but like. They don't overdo anything with like CGI or whatever. They've just created. Can't. They couldn't. They were totally limited, and you can kind of feel its low budgetness. But that's cool. It works. Um, it's got such a a creepy vibe in the beginning when the the um, burnt up vampire goes into the into the morgue in the hospital or whatever. Isn't that Donald Logue? Am I wrong? No, it is. Oh, okay. And. Um, and, and then Blade shows up in the hospital, and when he's introduced, he's walking in the hospital in that slow motion. It's, there's just this real disturbing creepiness to it that that n- no vibe at all exists like that in a current Marvel movie at all. And that would be cool if Doctor Strange went in that
0: direction, but it won't. What was cool about Blade 2 was the very Guillermo del Toro-ness of Like the vampires whose throats open up?
3: Yeah. Well, no, those things hated vampires. Like, they were... Vampires hated those things. Um, Yeah, it was, like, super creepy and fucked up and very Well, two felt even more like a horror movie than one did. And then three kind of got into,
2: this is a superhero movie. Oh, you can... It's okay for us to make superhero movies? Well then, let's get Ryan Reynolds, well, Jessica Biel, and let's do some. Guillermo del directed
0: the second one. So Did that he direct has, the third one. Um, I doubt
2: it. But the thing that disappoints me about the third, the one, third Lee Trinity, one was
0: directed by David Goyer. Oh, David Goyer. Written by David
1: Goyer. Well, David Goyer wrote the other two as well. I don't think Marvel marketed Blade as as a superhero movie as a comic book movie. Well know, really had that. Their they name didn't was, it was Yeah, movie. they were I think they were testing the waters to see how things were going to go. Well, let's put this character out there. He's comic book, but he's just edgy enough that vampires are going to be an interest, you know, and this is even before all the vampires and you know, what Blade, the Blade movies were not now. part of Marvel's plan.
3: Blade feels more like the Terminator or RoboCop where you have that larger-than-life main character, but not a superhero. Someone
0: came to Marvel with Blade and was like, hey, you have this weird character. Can we make a movie? And, and Marvel like, was yeah, like, whatever.
2: We're running out of money. We're going bankrupt. <laughs> Please, somebody save That's us. Right. That's exactly
0: what Marvel was doing yeah. at that point. And, and Blade 1 and 2 were successful enough, and they were like, Arguably, and then Marvel started the getting right? crazy. they were like, wait, Ron Reynolds is popular now. Jessica Biel's popular now. Boom, let's do it. So Make sure you take his shirt
2: off. Blade, show her ass. Blade
3: 1 came out in 98. Only two years later, X-Men came out. That's all it took was two years. The, Blade 1 gave them the courage to make X-Men, and X-Men was really the first real superhero thing, and obviously that led to Spider-Man, and once that happened, boom, like, that we have everything now.
2: Yeah, it was really those that, that trinity right there of Blade was like the crack in the door. X-Men was like, wow, you can do this. And then Spider-Man blew it all the way open. And like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. You can make a
0: bunch of these movies. Matt, I know this is going to be... I don't want to get into this argument. But I just need, need to make this statement. Oh God. Part of me is excited to see this new Fantastic Four... Because it's going to be different from what Marvel's currently doing with their movies. And I like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I like what they're doing. I love everything about it. Mm -hmm. You know, Guardians was the first movie since the first Star Trek that I wanted to see again in the theater. But at the same time, and Elseworlds comic book is cool, like, I'm ready to see something different. I'm ready to see a different take on these superheroes. He's Mm -hmm. ready to see skinny... Ben Grimm and that's it's black
2: Johnny. Storm. And that's kind
0: of why I like Man of Steel so much because it's it's so different from a, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You like it so much because the dude's ripped. That
2: guy you couldn't is stop talking muscles about him. <laughs> I'm glad he talks to somebody else about it because I'm just like, dude, you're like couch. pushing the line oh, a little yeah. bit. When here. He
0: comes out of that water. He was he is ripped. I <laughs> thought
2: he needed a few minutes alone. <laughs> well, I mean, he spent days alone with that. That's why you like that movie so much, you weirdo.
3: Well, you just said it, Man of Steel. That's something different than what you normally get in all these Marvel Cinematic Movies. And I think the rest of the DC slate that is coming is going to be different.
2: It has to be I In don't contrast mean, the bright, I don't need Fantastic Four
3: to be fucked up to make it worth my while. like, Please, make it just like all the other Marvel movies instead of what you're going to be doing with this debacle. I, I agree with that. I but can't wait to be, see,
2: you know, shaky cam, you know. It's going to be
3: something different
0: enough. And the yeah, Office style. It'll be like in black and white. Oh it'll be God. a silent <laughs> film. like yeah. Sin City. And like, the Amazing Spider-Man movies like, totally aren't so much different than the regular Marvel stuff. But, like, they're different enough that it's a nice change-up. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Man of Steel. It's similar to the Dark Knight stuff. Yeah, and at the same time, like, I don't want to get... Like, this. Is, Man of Steel's the direction DC's going. I don't want to get three movies into the DC stuff and be like, oh alright, I'm ready for something else. I'm ready for something different.
3: Yeah, well... That's Batman, how you're going to feel. So. Batman v. Superman is probably going to be just like Man of Steel yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: But the like, same director... But right now, and this isn't a Marvel DC thing, but you know, right now I've seen so little of that from DC that I'm, I'm still ready for more. I still want to see more Man of Steel, Zack Snyder type stuff. But Marvel's been rolling it out since, what, 2008
3: when Iron Man came out? Right, but it feels like since... For
2: long yeah, time. and at this time, I'm
0: just kind of like, all right, I'm, Cause I'm in ready a way, for a change.
2: Because in a way, you can count all those movies that aren't Marvel Studios movies. You count the X-Men movies, the Blade movies, the Spider-Man movies, the original Hulk movie, Fantastic Four. They all fit in there. Um, while they're doing all those movies, DC was kind of like, yeah, we'll give you some Batman, one Superman, and one Green Lantern. How do you like that?
0: Not at all. I came across the comic strip of Ginn convincing himself he liked <laughs> the the other day, and it's what? When did that movie come out? It's been like three years. It's it's been Twenty eleven. Yeah. That comic strip still cracks my shit up. Because <laughs> it was taken
2: right now, out of did, did real we life.
3: Hit, did we hit on everyone's like second favorite? Was
2: it- I think so. We can go on and move right into it's hard to believe that
3: that we're we're just now getting into the hatred portion of the podcast because it feels like we've done a a healthy amount of hating so far well
2: because you say this is my favorite and then somebody is like
0: I hate you (laughs) love is not interesting or exciting that's why we pepper love with hate seasoning of love Wayne lead us
1: off as our special guest well, I'll be happy to and I, I I have a feeling it's not gonna be a very popular uh, Ooh, statement. Juicy. It it's 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 very broad because basically I can't stand the X-Men. <gasps>
0: oh! What
1: X-Men? All of the, oh! I just I'm so bombarded. There are so many people it's in histories <laughs> we're done and storylines and <laughs> there's just all this all this shit going on. I have ADHD and I can't follow. <laughs> it's annoying me. I walk out of there with a headache going, oh dear God, I need to go take a nap. It's that bombarding with too much stuff. Maybe it's because I don't know the histories of everybody and, and I don't know them as, as well as you guys do. And if I read all the comics, maybe it would just sit very well with me. But as someone who just goes and wants to enjoy a movie about comic book characters, after the first one, I ha- the first one I was fine. After the first one, it all just blew up a shit, I just could not tolerate it. My second favorite movie was x two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The X Men have a It's a uh, so we can roll that into this
2: conversation.
1: <laughs> it, it's a like I said, I figured it would be popular because it's very broad. It's
2: a it's a double edged sword because the things that people like about the X Men is the deep history and all the different characters and the rich world. But the thing that people hate is it's fucking confusing
0: and there's a lot of shit that X-Men goes into it. X Men is easily the most convoluted line. One hundred percent books. I totally yeah. agree. I, I mean, if you can track. take Batman's history. From 39 up until now. And it makes more sense than X-Men from, you know, That's 90
2: great. to 2000. X-Men deals with time travel,
1: alternate realities. Space. People Space. that change shapes. Shape changing. I mean, that screws me up every time. I'm like, oh, that wasn't that person. That was somebody <laughs> else. What the hell just this happen? Multiple characters coming back from the dead, like, handfuls of
2: time. I, I mean, so I understand that complaint. That's a valid
0: art complaint. I'm dropping the X-Men book after buying last week's. The X-Men Girls book? Right. It's, yeah. been, it's been pretty good when Brian Wood's been on it, but he's out. Mark Guggenheim is taking over as writer, and in his first issue, he takes them right to space, <laughs> and I'm out, because if there is one kind of X-Men I hate, it's X-Men in space. And it... And just as I expected, it sucked himself. It's so
3: expected. In- oh, no oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's weird because you love space. I,
2: I know, know, but I hate X-Men it. in space. I, but I yeah. hate
0: the X-Men in space. Like, a big core of who the X-Men are, you know, they're, they're hated by the people they're sworn to protect. It's a social issue. Like, they're dealing with their own shit. The X-Men is just as much soap opera... As it is is why I hate it is anything else? So like, that's why I love it <laughs> all the all the inter, all the all the interpersonal drama going on at the school between teachers and students like that's more interesting. Than sex with sex between those characters and than it is going off and handling something with the Shiar in another galaxy. When do you see Bo from Days of Our Lives go into fucking space? Because they don't you have know, the budget. It's that's more interesting at home. Like keep the X-Men at home, dealing with you know social issues and being the outcast and having a hard time growing up being different. Like that's what the X-Men are, and that's what interests me about them. Not all this weird spaceship. Leave that to the guardians of the galaxy.
3: <laughs> Matt? I was just gonna say, but you do get alternate realities in your soap opera. Do you? Don't you? Sometimes I, hey, I would that how they bring fuckers right? back. To no, people are
2: always dying and come up and driving you know, off. Like you, you don't get shit. alternate
0: realities. You get stuff like that was my twin brother, no one knew about, but no, now I'm back. But it's all the same. Reality. Don't you get like, oh, I woke up from a coma. It was a dream. Isn't that an no,
2: alternate reality? The only time reality? you get that
0: shit is in Dallas.
3: Miss Dallas is so Yeah, it was a prime time soap
0: opera. Yeah.
3: But, yeah,
0: regular, like, daytime soap operas, they don't do alternate realities. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah.
2: But, yeah, I mean, I can understand that. I understand why the uh, why Axe Ben could be something that people don't really like all that much. Well,
0: you know, Wayne says, you know, part of the reason he doesn't like it is because it's so so convoluted. He doesn't, he doesn't understand. I and, agree. As, and as a comic book fan, like, that's part of the, like, sitting here, I'm kind of like, yeah. Because that's really part of what the X Men's about. Like, part of what that line of comic books has become over the years is convolution. Yeah. At its best.
2: Yeah. Well, Zorn was Magneto, but then it was really Zorn's actual God. brother who then yeah. dressed up and masqueraded as
0: Magneto, but then died and came back. And what's, and what, what's funny. As I push my glasses up. What's funny is that, like, that's when when, even when you say that stuff and you're being funny, I'm like. Well, yeah. That's really what happened. I'm, yeah, and that's what happened, and I'm like, yeah, of course that happened. That's X-Men. But if you were like, well, Professor X fell in love with this alien, and then they got married, and then they went off into space, and then Magneto went up to break up the wedding and ripped Wolverine's out Annie off, I'm like, fuck that's, you. And that's, you're making that up. And, and ironically, that also is exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. Thank so, you, Chris Claremont. Oh, Jesus. Ian, I know you're the lover of the McSauce podcast, you love all things. Hey, boy. But tell us what Marvel movie you hate, except for Spider-Man, apparently. <laughs> Do Spider-Man? not talk about Spider-Man anymore. <laughs> Please tell me it's Spider-Man
2: One. We're not going back there. If there was a movie that I walked out of the theaters and I said, "Man, I fucking hate this movie," Attack of the Clones. No, you loved it, you motherfucker. Oh, I did. I wanted to fight you. I fucking hate you. But then, other than Attack of the Clones, which I I love, Ghost Rider, Spirits of Vengeance. Is that the second one? It's the second one. The first Ghost Rider had some redeeming qualities
3: about it. How could this movie be worse than the first one? Oh, Oh my God. I only saw the first one, and it was so bad. This one was terrible
2: because it had some kind of really convoluted, like, uh... Plot about Old Testament things, and they had to go to Eastern Europe to figure out some different stuff. The CGI was worse than the original Ghost Rider, Uh,
0: Nicolas Cage. I'm sure he was good. He was not good. He was not not good. Um, I fucking hate that Nick Cage sucks so bad, and he loves comic books so much. Because he has the budget and the clout. To shoehorn his fucking ass and all this bullshit, and he makes it bad. Yeah.
3: The be- he he was g- this close to being Superman, and, and I want to he- see that film so bad. Me yeah, too. that documentary. What is it? Has it been made yet?
2: I I. Whenever I was at San Diego Comic Con, I walked past a table. It was the guy, and he had. I, I think that they were producing that film. Uh, like he had his stuff all set up. I'm pretty sure it's it's happening because there was a segment that they played at Comic-Con that had that he he interviewed Tim Burton, he talked to Kevin Smith who was involved in some of that Let's as be well. Better. Kevin Smith will talk to everybody. I know, I know, but he also interviewed Tim Burton who was going to be the director. There were some scenes that were spliced in with Nicolas Cage in in the Superman uniform some test shots and stuff like that. I think it's that it's if it's not made already, it is going to happen. So, uh, the documentary? I think, yeah, whatever happened to I forget what the name of it, whatever happened to Superman lives or the backstory of that,
3: but that movie was going to actually start with him fighting Doomsday and be his death and roll into the rebirth. Is that correct? Uh, that sounds right. I mean, I don't know. I thought Brainiac was also a villain in
2: this um, movie from um, all the stills that. <laughs> <laughs> I love how quick you just gave up on that. I liked out.
1: the the Ghost Riders because simply from the origins it explained everything. The Daredevil on the bike and, and this There's Daredevil. An devil. This the is end. what I'm talking about. It it, it answered my questions. Except I didn't. man you know, <laughs> yeah. just because he's seen them too much. i serious. I would I would be more <laughs> on board. But I mean, <laughs> you overdid like, it. Butthurt Casale. Wayne's
0: like, yeah, but I want to know how Peter Parker got into science. To be honest. I don't have to go that far back.
1: I don't have to go that far back, but I want to know how he got his powers. I don't want to just say this dude is awesome because he's got this and forget you. I don't need to tell you why. You're he's the reason t-
0: comic t- book fans hate like eighty percent of comic book movies because the cor- the
1: the movie the companies are like we need to cater to Wayne. Okay, listen. I don't have time to sit and read every comic book that comes out. Okay, so when I go to the movies. It's so that the movie can tell me what I missed. But missing. you're
0: not you're not comfortable being like he got bit by a spider. He has spider powers. Go.
1: That was
0: fine. Well, that's what, spider, in that's, that's, what that's what happened
1: in Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Hulk does? Hey, They're wait a minute! Like, hey, he wait, no, wait, wait! There was, different there was radiation with explosion. Watch green Monster done. That was that was Hulk. Radiation explosion. Green Monster. That's it. That was all in the in the opening credits. But that's you said all you didn't you got. that. But he wants it so he watched Spider-Man too much. We're talking about the whole. Yeah, I saw. The, I saw the Spider-Man movies. Like, oh, <laughs> oh,
0: singer. Z- oh, <laughs> we need to
2: name this podcast singer because Paul is pushing really hard thinking for singer. No, I
3: don't want it to be pa- Paul Singer no, McGinty. Know we know what it's. That going would to be. be very Russia shame. Russia that's right, it would be oh absolutely God.
2: spurious of us to call it there. Artificial, straight, not you know. <laughs> like, but all, all those things can be said about Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance. Terrible frigging movie. I think I might have even fallen asleep during it. It was really bad. Didn't like anything about it. Uh, uh, except for the fact that Ghost Rider's jacket was like tar and bubbled and that kind of looked cool.
0: But other than that, all about the costume. We're learning a lot about the left side of the table tonight. I don't and know, all in all. Ian, I think, superficial, sharply. <laughs> all like, in all, Wayne I Wayne likes Origins, Ian likes Costumes.
1: Uh, and I don't like X-Men Origins, because it didn't give it to <laughs> me.
0: False <Most laughs>
1: advertising! I'm going
0: to sue Marvel, I'm going to own him. I didn't see
1: Wolverine in that movie. I just think Ghost is a hothead.
0: Matt! <laughs> Wayne, we don't have time for those uh, on the podcast.
2: That was awesome. I know, I had to throw that out there. Matt, what did you hate? Besides the fact that I d- don't hoist up Spider-Man 1 as the uh, pinnacle of all filmmaking.
3: Neither do I.
2: You do. Stop it.
3: But at least I know it's better than Captain America 2. Well, whatever. Whoa.
2: It's really not, but, you know,
3: it go ahead. It kind of is leaps
2: and bounds. L- live in, live in the past. Fine. You know, go ahead and do that.
3: Just... And over and take it like Marvel wants you to all the time. Oh I go along with Thank you, Marvel! Give it to me harder. I go along with things that are that are great that that challenge me. Marvel sodomy is what you enjoy.
2: I think we know what our father well, I was gonna say the now. Same thing.
3: So a movie that Marvel I hate sodomy, that, that I can speak well to this because we saw it relatively recently was Daredevil. The, the are you okay? The the day of a movie we all watched it here on the podcast. We did our one and only uh, movie commentary, which never to be we, done again
0: because Paul hated
2: it. No, so we'll bad.
3: do it again. Paul will learn to like it. It's uh, it's up to the fans. If the fans liked it, I'll do whatever they want. Well, we don't know because we don't get reviews anymore. But
2: we don't. If there's any fans out there that ever listen and want
0: to give feedback, we do get reviews. It's, you hate too much. <laughs>
1: That was Wayne. (laughs) No, I just want the origins. I don't care if it's love or hate. Tell me where (laughs) it came from.
2: (laughs) Yeah, uh, tell us tell us a movie. Any movie. We'll watch any movie. Seriously, and we'll sit down and we'll
3: But anyway, so we did that for Daredevil. Daredevil wasn't not good. It wasn't good. It wasn't good, no. It was a bad, bad movie. It was. It was a piece of fucking shit, is what it was. (laughs) It was. If only Marvel it,
2: Studios it. had made it so mm-hmm. that I could just take it and be like, oh, I love that movie. And,
3: and that's probably 75% of why people were so down on Ben Affleck being cast as Batman, because Daredevil was not a good movie.
0: That and Geely. Well, I, I think what really soured the public on Ben Affleck was his meteoric rise to stardom. Because, like, during that entire time, it was. Ben Affleck all the time. You couldn't go anywhere without something about Ben Affleck. And he his, isn't the greatest actor to begin with. And it's his not, tabloid romance with J-Lo, I think, solid yeah, people. Like that whole thing. It's not like Clooney or Johnny Depp, who have this enormous push of popularity. But you never fucking see them. They're so reclusive. Like you, They... Like, physically, you're never really in the public eye unless it's a big thing. But Ben and J-Lo were fucking everywhere, and I think people just got burned out, and his career took a knock for it. Yeah,
2: but, you know, to Matt's point, that movie, which I defended until we watched it again, and it was
3: a piece of shit, was really bad. The um... And, it, and it, it had its heart in the right place in some instances, where it's pulling literally iconic panels or covers right out of the comic books. Like, in the beginning when Daredevil's on top of that, um, the church with, like on the top sneakers. of the cross. Yeah. And, and you're like, wow, this is kind of cool. You know, they've done their homework. And then he falls down and then, you know, uh, Colin Farrell gets introduced as Bullseye and I'm like, oh, maybe they didn't do their homework so much. Um, and then Electra being what she was and then the, the worst part of all was round one fight when they fought when Elektra fought Matt Murdock in the in the playground on top of the seesaw.
2: That was mm-hmm. as bad as advertised. It, yeah. was, it was really awkward to watch.
3: <laughs> and and everything after that, too. Everything. The acting. And
2: the you effects. know what I
3: hated? I hated that Kingpin was so small. He was like
2: a teeny, tiny version of the Kingpin. Was, and I hated it. Made, I hated it. He was wayfish. It, it pulled me out. I was like, somebody get that dude a sandwich. <clears throat>
0: I went, we went into the, the to the um, episode of it, like, and I went in like, all right, maybe this isn't going to be as bad as I thought. Like, there's going to be some more redeeming qualities that I remember. And afterwards, I was just like, eh, not really. It's
3: bad. Mm-hmm. Honorable mention, though, Blade 3 is pretty fucking bad, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Especially compared to how good Blade 1 and 2 were. In mm-hmm.
2: the proposed Blade 3... Armageddon script that the vampires had were victorious, took over the world, and Blade is in a world of all vampires in complete darkness, where his back is against the wall. That's the Blade movie that I want to see.
3: No. Wait, wait, wait! That was gonna be Blade Three.
2: That's what they talked about, and then they made Blade Trinity, which was not that.
3: Where you had some allies, and Dracula showed up, which could have
2: been cool. Could have like, been cool if Dracula wasn't that doofus from Prison Break or whatever.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: handsome Dracula. Yeah,
0: big Diesel. Right, right handsome there. Dracula. I think so. No, or, or, oh, Link. Lincoln. Uh, yeah, that was dominant. Dominant Dominic And then they uh, back off the
2: Dracula. Don't they call him like Dracu or something like stupid. something? Just me. They do some dumb
3: So anyway, mm. just to move things along here sharply, what's your what's your least favorite? I already did it. If you were paying attention, but you weren't, you're ready to oh, just jump all over me with
0: your great marble side of me, feels, so we'll swing it around the Paul. That feels well. so good, because usually I'm the one that does that. I'm, <laughs> the, I'm the one that so doesn't pay oh, attention. Right. Yeah. We'll I think s-
3: I did it last episode to you. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, you did.
0: That's okay. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You're up. Uh, you're up, Paul. Howard the Duck. Ooh. That what is a terrible. a movie. 100% piece of shit. Jeffrey Jones can't even save that movie. It's so bad. There is no redeeming quality of it. Not even Leah Thompson's sweet I'm sorry, who?
3: Tompkins?
0: Or Thompson? Thompson. Leah Thompson. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Grammar Police,
3: pull that sentence <laughs> over.
0: <laughs> How yeah. fast do you think you were talking? Not even Leah Thompson's sweet mud cutter. In those little underpants. <laughs> is going to save that movie. There's no redeeming quality quality about it. It's all bad. The weird, like, I, I appreciate homegrown effects. I appreciate, you know, doing everything naturally. No CG in that movie. But there's nothing good about it. The duck's weird bill.
3: Ugh. I was listening to an interview this past week that was unearthed. Apparently, um, Robin Williams used to do kind of a podcast before there were podcasts back in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, he would inter- uh, interview, like, celebrities. So in 2000, one year after The Phantom Menace came out, he interviewed George Lucas. And they started talking about Howard the Duck. And Lucas half-jokingly suggested that they, he would like to go in And redo Howard the Duck with a CGI duck because they were talking about what a revolutionary breakthrough Jar Jar was in terms of mixing a CGI character seamlessly with real actors. But so that he would do that with Howard the Duck, and he apparently George Lucas fucking hated the voice of Howard the Duck in that movie. So you change his voice, you do CGI, and I think he was like half serious.
2: He was totally serious. And by the way, fans at home, I like how Matt. Put Star Wars right in there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, for those that don't know, the Howard the Duck movie was a Lucasfilm
2: film. And Howard the Duck is a Marvel property, so it okay. all does make
0: sense. And there, there is a big contingent of people that love Howard the Duck. They grew up with Howard the Duck. It has high sentimental value, like something like Labyrinth or um, the Dark Big Crystal. Trouble in Little China. Or The Dark Crystal. But Howard the Duck is bad. It's just kind of a bad movie. Labyrinth, though I'm not a fan of it. It's a good kids movie. But Howard or, the Duck,
3: it's, it's it's rough. I haven't seen it in forever.
0: I haven't seen it in a
2: long time either, but I did listen to Magic Dance recently. God damn, is that a great
0: David Bowie song. Is that what it's called? Magic Dance? <clears throat> That's one of the songs in it. There are a lot of them. Is that the one that goes... Let's dance. Let's dance. Magic dance. Magic <laughs> dance. Yeah, I don't know that one. It's good. To check it out, mm-hmm. man. No, I can't. I can't no? Does anyone else have anything? Any honorable mentions for loves or
2: hates? I would say an honorable mention for love. Thor, the original Thor. The original Thor, not the Dark World. I almost feel bad bringing it up, Matt over here, snickering like a little schoolgirl. And I would also bring up The Avengers. The Avengers, I think, is the epitome of a superhero movie doing what comic book movies are set out for years and years to do. bring the page to the screen, and that's what it did with a great ensemble cast. So those are two movies that I think really hold up. and are, They're great movies.
3: Yeah, I'm surprised none of us mentioned The Avengers as our favorite Marvel movie. I'd like it's to a sit, great movie. I'd like to sit down and
0: watch it again. I would too. I saw it twice in the theater, and I sucked it off afterwards. But now I'm kind of like, is it as good as I thought? I, Should I, I have given I it a hand? It, I think it was.
2: If you look in the context of other Marvel movies, it had maybe one of the stronger Marvel villains with Loki. In that movie, he was certainly a villain in that movie. It also had one of the, strong, the strongest Marvel heroes, the central figure, Iron Man. At the most heroic... I think he was even more heroic than the first version of Iron Man in that first film. I think that Robert Downey Jr.'s acting in that movie was at its peak.
1: And, of course, it helps that all the origins were predefined in other <laughs> movies before The Avengers came out. That always makes it easier <laughs> to follow. So, so true. That's a key to superhero movies.
2: Make it easy for me to
0: follow. So any other honorable mentions? Guardians of the Galaxy.
3: Yeah, Guardians. Pretty it was really good.
0: I know it just came out, I only saw it once, and maybe Premature, but really struck a chord. Really liked it. That's another movie you mentioned
2: before, movies you'd like to go back and see. It doesn't yeah. happen for you very much. Right. Guardians is something that I would love to go back and see, maybe in 3D. It was a really enjoyable and fun movie. Did we see it in 3D? No. 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 no we okay. saw that bullshit 17-minute preview in 3D. Oh, okay. But yeah, Guardians was a really fun movie. I'd love to go back and see it. And I think that Marvel has, has made a, a whole handful of movies recently that are really good. X-Men Days of Future Past was a really good movie yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so Marvel It really is, was, Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet, but... Uh, Marvel, Marvel does a really great job knowing what people like and mixing in some new elements with
0: Marvel. Marvel's so good. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, Wayne, thank you for joining us. Thank uh, you, guys, very much. Well. Thanks, Wayne.
1: <clears throat> I appreciate you having me. So you want to, forward to the next time.
0: My name is Paul McGinsey. Ian Sharpley Matt Casale. We'll see you next time.
2: What we say afterwards when we say, like, homophobic and racist and sexist things. We never know. You Sometimes
0: know. you record it beforehand.